You're listening to Finn Too Deep. To a back to throw, blitz coming, and get to him. No, he takes off running, and he's he in. It. Touchdown, Miami! With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. Welcome back, everyone, as we dive fin too deep. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Reason, joined by Neil Driscoll. Neil, coming off the third straight loss for the Miami Dolphins, we went from a three-game winning streak in the top of the world to a three-game losing streak at 500, and everyone feeling down and some going chicken little and screaming the world is ending and the sky is falling. Um how are you feeling? Two is back, prime time. You know, um, we haven't won in Sunday prime time slots since two thousand and four. We haven't won in Sunday prime time since NBC took it over. I believe this is only the fourth time we've been in NBC Sunday night prime time. And ironically, Neil, the first time we were in NBC Sunday night prime time was what Dante Culpepper's first game, and we lost to the Charlie Steelers. Batch led Steelers. So. Right. Uh, how you feeling, man? Because I'm going to be honest with you. Listen, I know we're coming off a three-game losing streak, but a weird part of me, Neil, two is healthy. You know, I look at we beat three really tough teams to start off this season. You look at the stretch of five games we got coming up. None of, none of those teams, I think, are in the same realm as the teams we beat to start off 3-0. And it's like, man, I, I you know, we can. I think there's a, more than enough time to right this ship. And if two is healthy... I think we can write this ship, especially over the next. I think it's realistic we could go on a five-game winning streak or at worst four and one over the next um, five games. So, listen, I'm disappointed over the last three losses, Neil, but there's a sense of rejuvenation and, okay, it's a clean slate where it's 0-0 with 11 games left, two is back healthy, let's go get this done, let's go, let's aim for eight and three over this 11-game stretch. Yeah, you know, there, there's two approaches, right? There's the glass half full approach, which I think right? I am, right? Is that be right? Me? Yeah. And there's a glass gla- glass half empty. You know, the glass half empty is, you know, we started off three and zero. We were the number one ranked team in power rankings and the talk of the NFL, beating the Bills, the Ravens, and Bill Belichick. And our offense looked like a top three offense in in football. Tua was playing near MVP level, so it'd be three and three. I, I, you know. You, you lost the opportunity to, to have something special, but now it's a dogfight. And I think that I'm with you. I mean, I, I picked the Vikings to beat Miami 40 to 13 last week. So, you know, I, they fought a lot harder than that. But I do think they're going to go on a big run. And it, the question for me, reason, is not how good this team can be. Is Can they stay healthy? Because if they stay healthy, I think they can play with anybody in football. But we got to have Taron Armstead out there. As soon as he's not in the lineup, you know, we can we can put our, our aqua and orange glasses on, but that offensive line without Taron Armstead is almost as bad as it was last year. And, you know, obviously the quarterback, right? Like, I think Tua is going to come out and, you know, we'll get there, but I think he's going to 
put the world on notice on Sunday night. And for me, the biggest thing I want to make the playoffs, I want to win a playoff game. But the biggest thing for me is we need to a tongue of a Loa to not get any more of these little minor injuries. And he needs to be healthy for the remainder of the season and lead this team in the playoffs. And, you know, you and I believe he's a franchise quarterback. If he can do that, that will cement it. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, he's just because, you know, we can we can say what we want. I mean, these little injuries suck because because I think Tua is just finally just hitting his stride. But, you know, I, I'm in a good spot considering everything. I mean, we're three and three with a lot of winnable games on the schedule. The, you know, coming into the season, games like the Packers, I didn't think we have a chance at. Now I look at them and I'm like, oh, we can beat the Packers, right? Um, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm not afraid of the 49ers. Uh, you know, we've gone down there and we've beat them before. Um, they have a great defense. It's not going to be an easy game. Um, you know, I, we can beat anyone. At any really, game. the only I game I don't like is, is Buffalo, Buffalo and, on the road. That's right. it. And it's because yeah. it's on the road that late in the season. You know, now you're right. Now that the season has played out, and I wanted to ask you something quickly as we do our opening thoughts here. Um, there, were, there, were, there was someone on Twitter who I think said what a lot of us were feeling. And a couple people, you know, on Twitter who some connected to the team and some connected to those connected to the team jumped down his throat. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it because I totally agree with what this person was saying. This person basically said, you know, they feel, you know, if you could go get a competent center, kick Connor Williams back to left guard. And, you know, and it's, we, I think we can all agree he's been an all pro after the snap. But the snap, Neil, I know, I know, you know, even when you've gone to a game live, you've gone back and watched the game, you know, you look at the play before we had the Clayton Fredulum, um fake punt, right? We had that third one and it was a high snap and the timing was off. And so Mostert got swallowed up. Um, we've seen passing plays with Tua where the timing's been off on the snap and it's thrown the actual playoff. Um do you think that's a fair assessment that, you know, he's been good after the snap? Because they, they tried to jump down this this guy's throat in the sense of, oh, well, none of those bad snaps have left the turnovers. Okay, cool. You're it did, right. Though. It did, though. That 31 was a, was a turnover because it should have been a first down. If it, if it was a normal yeah, snap, yeah. that's a Turtle first down. Downs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That snap was awful. I, so I, what, I, what yeah. are you, what are, where are you at with that? Because are you like me? You're really pleased with his play after the snap, but it's – well, there's still some stuff after the snap where he's helping out Hunt when he clearly needs to be helping out Eichenberg that needs to be cleaned up. But overall, his play after the snap's been pretty good. It's the snapping to it's still a major issue to me. Is it like even with Skyler, like you know, how many snaps were high? You know what I mean? That game in the Jets game, a lot of them seemed high. You know what I mean? Well, and, and, and it eventually will come and bite you in the butt. Yeah, it, you know, we've seen this happen. Um, I think we have an one elite lineman. And I think we have two good linemen in Robert Hunt and Connor Williams, the elite one being Taron Armstead. We need to get one more high quality player, whether it's a left. Where guard would you right rate tackle. Connor Williams? If, where would you rate Connor Williams? UK. So you have him as good right now. If he is at left guard, where would you rate him? Really good? Does he bump I, I, up? Well, look, I, I think honestly, if you're being sub, you know, we're being subjective here. He's probably a Pro Bowl alternate this season with his play at center. Um, but I, I think that you actually probably signed him to be your left guard. And I'd rather see Michael Dieter at center than have Liam Meikenberg on the field at any point. They have to get Liam Meikenberg off the field. They have to do it. Like we'll watch. I mean, 
we'll get to the Steelers game, but like this week, if Liam Eikenberg's ever one on one with Cameron Hayward, it's all we right. don't we don't have to guess. Cameron Hayward's going to eat his lunch. Liam Eikenberg can't block people, and I mean they have to. I mean you and I agree. Cam Hayward the- has the sixth highest pass rush win rate amongst interior defensive linemen. Well, you and, and I are. He's lined up over the left guard fifty six percent of his snaps this year. Right. Yeah. He's gonna. I mean, that's that's an advantage where one player like that can wreck your game, right? Because we need to keep the quarterback healthy. We need to keep him upright. He needs. You know, if he has time, Tua's going to have probably outside of the Baltimore game his best career game. I think he's got the potential to have a I huge agree. game against this Steelers team. And trust me, anyone who was writing off Jalen Waddle last week, don't know. Watch, Watch what he does on Sunday. Yeah, because these guys allow, on average, um, they allow, on average, of about 277.8 yards per game through the air. That's a lot. They're actually 30th in the NFL as a passing defense. Yeah, so they, 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 they're they not up. But, yo, you know, I know we're talking about the Steelers prematurely. I, I got to mention this before we get, we get into the Vikings here for a sec. Neil, you know what shocked me? And actually, you know... I, I if you say you would have believed this, I'm I, I, I'm not going to believe you, because I was shocked when I saw this when I researched it yesterday. If I were to tell you, especially after what their offensive line has been the last couple of years, if I were to tell you they've given up the second least pressures tied with Philadelphia, and both those are only second to Atlanta right now. Atlanta's given up the least pressures in the NFL. If I told you the Pittsburgh Steelers gave up the second least amount of pressures in the NFL, would that shock you? Because it blew my freaking socks off, bro, because go off their offensive line. It's a no-name offensive line. Yeah, that does shock me. The Steelers' offensive line, I mean, yeah. They've only given up 45 pressures. Neil, we've given up 83. Yeah, I want to see what happens with Tua this week because I do think the other quarterbacks were increasing the amount of pressure, you know, because they held the ball I agree. I think, 110%. I think, I think to a tongue of Loa, like it Good was point. the Dan Orlovsky conversation with, was it Marcus Spears? I think that was the most enlight, enlightening conversation because I, that's exactly where I am with Tua. Like, I think that when you talk about being a franchise quarterback, that Tua answered that question already this year. He did. Despite getting hurt, the offensive line was playing really well with Tua, actually. And, you know, yep. I, I we watched the games and we rewatch them. And Liam Eikenberg was still getting his ass kicked. What's it wasn't a, like – What's a trade of a franchise quarterback? What do they do to players around them? Yeah, make, make them better in high deficiencies. Well, you tell me right now, right? Because I we all watch all these Thursday games. We compare. It doesn't, like, matter to me who's better when you think about touch pet, you know, touchdown passes and all that stuff. Tua Tungvaloa is one of, if not the best fourth quarter quarterback in football. Yep. And, and third NFL, down quarterback too. Well, in the NFL today, there's parity. The league wants it to be close. They're doing everything to do to make it more competitive. You're going to need people in a quarterback that can win and come back, yep. right? I agree. And that game the other night with Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson on Thursday Night Football, I, I didn't watch last night's game, but the game I watched, I watched two quarterbacks that did not want to win the football game, that played yeah. scared, that were afraid to take chances. But go back to the Bills game, Neil. Josh Allen had 93 chances. Who? What was the biggest, best, and most under-pressure crucial throw of that game? That deep toss to Waddle could have led to the winning touchdown. And this guy came back after getting knocked out and did that. 
like, I, I think we've seen a quarterback go from a guy who a lot of people, myself included, has some questions about. And I don't know how there's people that don't believe that he's this team's quarterback. I, I, I just Because they have agendas, Neil. They don't want to be wrong. They want to double down. Like, there's people – like, you know what I don't get, bro? Do you know what this three-game – there's a couple things that this three-game losing streak has proven, Neil. Let's. These are facts. These are facts I'm about to lay down for you. Number one, all right? Number one, it has shown how much this offense needs to a tongue of Aloha. How you can have all these nice, shiny star toys – and they can put up these hollow numbers, but it don't matter if you don't have the guy back there that they can really produce with, which is Tua Tungvaloa. And, and okay? one thing, not to interrupt you, but if you're putting up those numbers when you're tied or in the lead, it's a lot different than putting them up in the fourth quarter. I'm not taking yeah, away when it's soft Teddy. off coverage, Teddy. Right, I'm not taking away. But yeah, you know, no, we, I agree. We look at Jalen Waddle; he had the worst game as a pro last week. And so still had 129 yards. He had 129 yards yeah, and he had a 49 yeah. yard pass when the game was yeah. practically bro, over. Dude, Teddy had 329 yards. Tyreek and Waddle had 306. Number two, I don't want to hear the injury prone shit anymore because you know what this offensive line has proven. Every quarterback no can, yeah. on our roster is injury prone behind them. Maybe every quarterback in the NFL is injury prone behind these clowns. So right, well, and, and reason just to jump in again, like you know, for those who are saying like let Tua fail and let's go get Lamar Jackson in the offseason, Lamar get killed has, when Lamar when Lamar hasn't had a good uh, um, offensive line in Baltimore, and we've really seen it this year. He struggles. He's struggling this year. There are literally people calling the radios here in Baltimore. Like willing to trade because Lamar how do you Jackson. get? Do you know how you negate a bad offensive line? You have to be a fast, quick processor who gets has a quick trigger and gets the ball out. That's what you. That's the only way as a passer you you can't negate it holding the ball and bombing at sixty yards. You have to be quick, rhythmic, and you have to process the defense very fast. If you have those three traits. Boom, the ball will be out, and you will be good. And you're still going to take hits like we've seen Tua. You're still going to take a licking, but it's going to be much. And what adds to Tua, too, as well, is not only does he have those traits, but let's be honest, and we've said this since he was a rookie, one thing that no one's ever wavered, and even the haters can't say a word about, he's always had an elite feel, awareness, and pocket presence. Right, well, he's always had that, and when you add that trade in with the fact of how quick of a processor he is and the quick trigger, then you get a guy who can mask serious deficiencies in this offensive line, bro. Well, you think about like you look at the quarterback landscape in the NFL, and we, we always jump right to Mahomes and Allen, and, and the reality of it is, is those guys are great. They're going to be all time greats when they're probably done, and the way you beat guys like that is by having an offense that can kind of give you death by a thousand paper cuts. Yep. And that's what Tua does better than any quarterback in football. Yep. He excels in that short passing game. God forbid if this team ever and found when a the freaking running consistent going, running game. Yeah, dude, like if they could well, find dude, a... think about it. One thing he never gets enough credit for, and they try to people try to label him as a check down, but what he's doing is he's is because when we can't get the run going, he's making the pass game an extension of the run game because we can't actually run the football. And so he's doing what you're saying. He says, okay, I got to pick up these three, four, five, six yards, and I got to keep the clock going. The ball can't touch the ground. I got to keep the ball going. Well, think about this, right? Like, let's just do the law of averages. So Pat, Pat Mahomes comes out and he throws a 50-yard touchdown to Nicole Hardman. Let's just say Yeah, it. yeah. 
say Tua throws five 10 yard passes and gets the same touchdown. Yeah. Right. The the cool I thing want the about, eight minute drive. <laughs> the eight minute drive. Exactly yeah, yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. Like when you because like you've seen like the Chiefs, like right, we can both agree on this that if we're starting a franchise from scratch tomorrow, I'm probably taking Pat Mahomes as the number one player. Right. And he's won one Super Bowl and he's been in the league for a few years now, right? And that's not taking a thing. He'll probably win another one. I'm I'm not taking away from him, but when he gets into the playoffs, like the teams like you know, that the Buccaneers, for example, right? Like they, like Tom Brady excels in the same type of, he'll make those tough throws in the hashes. You know, he doesn't have to go out there and throw 55 yard touchdowns to be efficiency. Beat you. That's how that's a right. It's an efficient quarterback. That's what you're talking because it, listen, you don't need to bomb it. The game itself is going to naturally open up five, six, seven throws where it's going to swing the momentum of the game in your favor. And they're not all going to be, some of them are going to, one could be a comeback route 15 yards towards the right sideline, but because of what that throw leads to, it swung the momentum. Not everything is an absolute bomb. And what I wanted to add to what you're saying is because of how we've constructed this team, you've now built a, a team with a quarterback where we can either beat you with a death by a thousand cuts, as you stated, or we could give you that explosive play, except instead of McCall Hardman, it's to Tua, uh, sorry, it's Tua Waddle or to Tua to Tyreek. So what what if you actually think of what we have with Tua, and listen, I can't say we have it with Skyler because he's not there yet. No way. But not we even, not we, even. But we don't have it with Teddy for sure. With Tua, will you have a well-rounded offense that can either suck the life out of you with the clock? Or if we got to play keep up with you or going to shootout, they are capable of doing that. It's a well-rounded off. And like you said, if the run game, like, dude, listen, you, this is what I'm saying. People want to say, well, you know, well, maybe the Jets game, you know, they're tougher than we thought. Do you know what Tua would have done with a running game that gave him 118 yards on the ground? Has he even had that yet as a quarterback other than the one game in Tennessee where Duke Johnson was the only one who got off the freaking bus and no one else was? Hey, and, and Duke like, Johnson Duke Johnson got cut from Buffalo and no one picked him up. It's not like he's the second coming of Larry Johnson. What I'm just saying you know is what I mean? like, if you look at whatever Tua has got a running game, he pops off minus the one game in Tennessee where no one got and the weather conditions and no one got and the game plan was terrible. Everything was bad. Other Weird. than that, remember when Duke had his uh, Duke had he had a good we had a good running game against New England to close the year off. We beat them. Um, Duke had a good game before Tennessee too, didn't he? Didn't he break hundred yeah. yards before Tennessee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, Duke. Was yeah, and we won, and we won with Tua, right? Like, it, you know what Tua would have done with Raheem Mozart moving the rock like he was a couple of weeks ago. And I, I wanted to get your thoughts about it because you saw it a bit in the Viking game, Neil, and I want, I want to give you the floor here because it has happened a couple times. What are your thoughts on Mike McDaniel seemingly, even when Raheem's averaging over more than four yards per carry? Are you surprised? And what are your thoughts on his tendency to somewhat get away from the run, even when it's working to keep that balance? I think when you're a young coach, you sometimes just naturally panic a little bit. And okay. I think we've I think we've seen Mike McDaniel do that a little bit. But mm-hmm. I think this is a good situation where two is coming back for two reasons. You know, I had huge expectations with Chase Edmonds. I thought he was gonna be one of the you know, you gotta think about this. The first signing that was announced during free agency period was the Dolphins signing Chase Edwards. That was the, I mean, Edmonds. That was the first line of business that they took care of. Tua threw that ball in Cincinnati. He catches that ball. Tua might never get hurt. Like, there's so much that what ifs, and you can't live your life in what ifs. But 
Chase Edmonds has been a huge disappointment. I think going into it now, we know who our bell cow is, and Mozart's looked really good, and I think that's going to help Tua a lot. And when you talk about Tua's ability to check down, which I think is a strength of a quarterback, getting the ball in the flat to a guy like Rogan Mozart who makes one guy miss and then he can make a house call. I mean, let me ask you this: Were you so sorry to jump in? No, no. But I got to ask. Please continue your thoughts. Were you surprised against the Vikings? They made Gaskin inactive when it clearly looked like him and Raheem Mozart were the viable one-two punch against the Jets. I was floored because I, 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 it goes away with what we saw on the field. And, you know, these coaches watch the same films that we do. I, I, I was just a little taken back to Gaskin. You think it's contract politics? Yeah, I mean, look, they, like, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, cause, like Chase Edmonds has been a, been a disappointment. But it has been a small sample size. They're not going to give up on him that quickly. And and I think it's kind of the right move to keep with Chase Edmonds until he's just to a point of no return. Like for me, like he he's not to the Liam Eichenberg territory meet where I have no faith in him yet. Um, rip off a long run, catch a ball and go run in 25 yards and, and, you know, you can win me right back over. But overall in the Minnesota game, reason I came away with really impressed with the whole Miami Dolphins team. Starting with Skylar Thompson, because I, I think we're seeing that we have a future backup quarterback here that could be an upper echelon game, you know, guy who can win you a couple games. Where the problem with the Dolphins have been, Jacoby Brissett and Teddy Bridgewater just couldn't win games. And I think that's going to be a huge kind of feather in their cap moving forward. Um, it was good to see Mike Kosicki get a couple touchdowns and start being that vertical threat that we thought. Um, if anything, it helps bring more trade value to them if they do trade them. And I know we're going to get to that later on, but you saw Tyreek Hill and dude, Tyreek Hill is the best player I've seen. Well, can I ever, did you not look at the stat line and see that this guy threw for 329 yards and say to yourself, that is the most hollow uninspired 329 yards I've ever seen. Because remember, if you were watching the stats, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, Neil, wasn't there one point in the third quarter where he only had like a hundred yards passing. Right. And it just, yeah, again, late we they blew just up. went their off prevent soft coverage and they just and even still when they did that, Neil, a lot of it was like that big Jalen Waddle yak yak catch where he followed Liam Eikenberg down the right sideline. Tyreek after the catch. Like even a lot of his throws were a lot of his yardage was after the catch. It wasn't even like, hey, this guy's sitting back and just throwing lasers, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, and, and- I mean, like Tyree Kills, I, I I really think he's the best player I've seen in the Dolphins uniform. Oh, he's Reno. unbelievable, bro. Dude, he 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 just changes the whole direction of the game. Like that's why, like the game against Baltimore, he, he is his, his. How relieved do you think he is? Uno's back, bro. I think he's gonna. I I think he's very relieved, and I think the whole team is like. I think this team really believes in the quarterback. Did you hear man. what Raheem Mostert said on the pivot? I did not. Raheem Mostert was on the pivot and. He said this week, like, you know, two is coming back and it's a big game. But he's like, when he came back, it's just like the whole aura. And he talked about how the whole aura changed around the team and just how, you know, he, he said to, because you know how the pivots run by a bunch of, you know, ex football players, right? He said, you know, he literally said, you know, you guys know how it feels when you're in the huddle and, you know, you're just ready to follow that guy and blah, 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 blah. Like, you should go watch him talk about Tua. Um, he, he, he like totally basically laid out that that man is like it's unquestionable now whose team this is. Like you know, you know, I like a good hypothetical. So let's just play a scenario out. 
Mm-hmm. Say Tua comes back and he plays to the level he was playing before the injury for the rest of the yeah. season. Which is going to make that, me mad because he's not going to win the MVP because of the three games he missed, bro. Oh. Well, yeah, but think about that. And then think about Herbert continues to play the way he has and Burrow has played the way he has. Tua. Right? You, you're going to have people that are rightfully changing the narrative that Tua really has potential to be as good as those other two guys. And I like I'm here for that because – we're seeing those things, and man, like, I'll just say, I'll just say, like, this. if Herbert when, had to his fourth quarter killer instinct, Herbert would be deadly. But he, Herbert doesn't he'd be have gold that. jacket. He'd be gold jacket level. But like, I'm not saying two is Michael Jordan, but he's got what Michael and Kobe that when the fourth quarter happens, like when it's when the game is on the line and it matters, that killer instinct comes out of Tua, man. That Simone sniper that. That assassin comes out of him, like, and yet he's. It's people don't want to believe it because he's this humble, nice kid. But even he's told it all on podcast. Just because I'm nice and humble, like, don't think that competitor isn't there. Oh, dude, he's a warrior. I mean, here's the thing that I can say: the reason I know to Tonga Blow is our franchise quarterback is because how I freaking feel when he's not on the football field. Dude, listen, he- this whole Tua thing, this whole explosion about the concussion. You know, look at the moxie. Look at the guts he showed in that Bills game to come back from what from being knocked out and and then to lead us and to and to help the defense out as much as he could in the state he was in. And we and we beat Buffalo for the first time since when? I I this is a total compliment. Like what he's reminding me is of an upper echelon level of like a Chad Pennington, and. That is a in 2018, right? Chad Pennington was the MVP runner-up. I mean, 2008 when he was the Dolphins' quarterback, he was tough. People questioned his arm strength, dude. That guy, I like for a guy who was on this Dolphins team for two years. Like, I freaking loved Chad Pennington here, man. I loved him, and I I get that same vibe from Tua, except I think Tua is a way better football player, and like it's just gonna be fun to have him back, man. And, and I, I think prime the, time with the whole nation watching. Well, there is some validity though that he does have to let some of these plays just go, just let it go. Oh, 110 percent. It's been like let that. it go. But dude, Saban warned us all about this when he's coming out. Saban said they've been talking about to him to, uh, since Bama about this. About you have to live. Listen, when you even when you play house league as a kid, you're taught to protect yourself. Yep. And we get your competitor, we get your warrior, we get you want to make the big play, but it's okay to live to see another down. No one's gonna hold it against you. Throw the ball away. Right. Right. Well, think of it. About- think of it. Both of his the concussion yeah, and his the, hip injury. Down, right? His hip injury and Alabama were literal both results of him overextending the play. Listen, unless you – listen, because you know what it is, Neil. Unless you have, like, n- not necessarily Lamar, but, like, el- n- like damn near elite athleticism, you can only extend a play so much, especially when you're Tua, who you go from a really good athlete at the collegiate level to a good athlete at the NFL level when you're up against the big boys now. You kind of drop down a tier – you gotta know your limits on extending plays. You know what I mean? Like it's okay. absolutely. But you know what? Let's let's think about this though too, right? Because I agree with everything you said. This guy is a. He, I know he's in his technically his third year, but this mm-hmm. is even really he hasn't even played two full seasons. I know it's crazy. 
And and that's where it's like he's going to learn these What's things. What's crazier, Neil, imagine if he had a competence, not even the level we're at now. Imagine if he had a competent offensive staff from well, year one to where we're at now. Oh, my God. Staff and, like, oh. he's doing it with – They would have never put in – we've seen how they've treated guys, Neil. Tua would have never played in year one under the staff, eh? They would have well, yeah. never let him touch the field. Well, the thing about it is, man, he's doing it with the worst left guard in football and oh. the worst right tackle in football right now. And like, and you, a center who's out of position for now. He's not a fully adapted to the position yet. But, you know, the Vikings game for me, the story was on defense. And there was five players that I think really played well. I rip them a lot on here. But Landon Roberts was really good against the Vikings. I mean, he was he really was. good. Um, Christian Wilkins, Howard, bro. Oh. No, uh, that, uh, let me save the best for last. So Xavier Howard was honestly he gave up that one pass. Justin Jefferson's a great receiver, first of all. The other guys tried too. Yeah, but, but did you Howard notice they had awesome. to start did you notice how they had to start scheming? Because we are very we don't travel really. We are very like stick to your right, stick to your left side. You right. see how they started scheming Justin Jefferson away from X to get him open? That's well, when he then, started making plays when they schemed him away from X. Well, Jalen Phillips was a terror and he actually should have had a safety because the week before the same play was called a safety against them. Yeah, that was, absolute, that was absolute that was absolute crap. Zach Sealer, again, another forced fumble. That guy, I mean, he just signed with Drew Rosenhaus, so we're not gonna get him for his cheap next time. But like that guy's just Tyree cooked him up, eh? He's and then you said Christian Wilkins, dude. I think Christian oh. Wilkins has become one of the better defensive tackles in football. Should have signed him. Well, no, but the good news is this, dude. I think they can, and it's it so they have him, they they did give him the fifth year option, so he's back next year. I think he wants to be here, and I actually think that that's a deal that they're going to get done. I, I think Christian Wilkins is brilliant, man. He's a brilliant football player. He's blossomed. Like if you would have told me that I that Christian Wilkins would turn out to be better better than Ed Oliver, I would have thought you're crazy. But he is right now. I mean, obviously, Quinn Williams is the best defensive tackle in football right now, besides Aaron Donald. He's playing amazing. But Christian Wilkins is playing awesome, man. And I, I think this defense, you know, deserves a game ball. I mean. You know, and, and we joke about it, but no way Benogany made a couple really nice plays. I'm really sad, we, bro. Like, I can't – okay, uh, so uh, are you done naming your top five now? Have you named? Because now you're on to, like, six with Noah. Yeah, well, no, I, I just think that – How did Raekwon Davis, who gets his first NFL sack, not make it in your top five? Well, I mean, the defense played really, really good, man. Like, that's the thing. I mean, Yeah, you did you know that – uh, Corky Stafford, Neil. What was one thing you noticed we were doing a lot of in the first three quarters? Three defense? and outs, right? We're getting yeah, yeah. going into that game. We were bottom three in the NFL and forced three and outs. Right. If we here's the thing that I just wish. Fucking Teddy Bridgewater, bro. I Jesus wish that Christ. we would click on defense when we clicked on offense. If we ever found that rhythm to do it on the same, we would be such a tough out. Now, the one thing I will say that sucks about this team, and I think we're the worst in football. Special teams. Special teams. Oh, Jason, Jason Sanders is at a Liam. Can I level. listen? Two I mean, for nine. Also, two for nine on fifty plus yards. I thought he's two for eleven now because he just uh, missed his last two. I think he's. Uh, I think he, was he two for six last year, and now he's zero for three this year on fifty plus. I. I mean, dude, he's killing this franchise because the kicks he misses, not only are they missed points, but they're momentum changers because they're they switch the teams almost taking the ball over at midfield at that point. You can know. I ask. Let me. Let me. I know you saw the craziness on Twitter, right? Yeah, he's two for nine over his last two years on fifty plus yards. Jesus. Um. Let me yeah check this out. But he's thirteen of fifteen from forty to forty nine over the last few years. You go figure that one out. Anyways, I wanted to say this to you because I know you saw it. I know you saw people just coming for Jalen Waddle. The guy has his first bad pro game, and he still put up one hundred twenty nine yards and 
people are saying crazy stuff about him, but I digress. You know, people were talking smack about McDaniel, and we know they're all loving him when we were winning without realizing this man, QB1 out, QB2, who I think is Skyland out, out. Left tackle one, out. Taron Arm, which is Taron Armstead. Right tackle one, out. Cornerback one, out. Your top five cornerback options are basically out from Trill Williams to Kadir Kahoot to Nick Needham to Byron Jones to X in and out of the lineup. Anyways, all these crazy depth issues. But listen, I think some blame needs to start being handed out on positional coaches here. Matt Applebaum. You people want to put the undisciplined stuff on Matt on Mike McDaniel. Yo, this is Matt Applebaum's first rodeo. Do people think that Mike McDaniel babysits every unit just because he might have worked better with one unit than the other when he was a run game coordinator, offensive coordinator? Don't work like that. Now he's an overseer. Matt Applebaum, okay? So you have not – this is your first go in the NFL and they're showing undisciplined, and you were dumb enough to keep Lemuel Jean-Pierre on the roster. So, I mean, you tell me. Maybe he needs to answer some questions. And I think another guy who really needs to start answering because this is now going on two years of this, Danny Crossman. I mean, people forget oh. what how good we uh, you know people Darren seem to Rizzi. forget Darren Rizzi. Darren Rizzi, right? We had it good. I mean, sure he brought Jalen Jason Sanders and Jason Sanders turned to what he is, but Danny Crossman, look at we have zero zilch, nada, nothing when it comes to the return game, whether it's nothing at returns all returns or cut returns, like and we, we have Jalen Waddle. Yeah, but we have no chance to tilt the field or shift momentum or do anything like that. And then with Javon Holland, who, let's be honest, has looked like he's regressed a bit this year, when he tries and returns and he fumbles. Yeah, I, I don't like it returning kicks. Um, you know, it's funny, dude. I hate to say this. We could use a guy like Jakeem Grant. <laughs> like, no, you know what we should have done? We should have done what the Vikings did when they went out and got Jalen Rager. And they yeah. did it for this. Yeah, we need we need to figure out something, and I don't know if you can do it this year, but they need to find somebody who's a rosterable player, who's a good number five receiver that can return kicks and punts. I mean, like, look, the Ravens did it with a guy named Devin Duvernay. Well, why don't you do it with Gaskin? Activate him and have him return. Yeah, I, I just think that, like, you know, there was a guy who's in Chicago that I loved coming out of last year's draft, Velas Jones Jr., mm. and he's a great return man. Like, I just think we need one of those type of guys. Like, didn't your heart break, Neil, when we were against the Vikings there? And remember we had them pinned inside their 10 or whatever, and the guy kicks it 73 yards? And oh I'm like, God. oh, I thought we were going to get great field position, you know, midfield, because I know we can't rely on our return game. And then this guy bunts it 73 yards. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? But, but to your point on Mike McDaniel, because I think it's a good point. Like, look, he's making mistakes. But again, you expect this... that it's year one. Flores, right, right. People just forget Flores' year one mistakes because we were tanking. But should I bring them back to what he did against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, we say that wins are not a QB stat, right? But it's ironic when starting quarterbacks are out that most teams find a way to lose. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Like, I think like, it's a coach quarterback stat, to be honest with you. I do think there is correlation there. because. And another thing is, notice how all of a sudden the, the win-loss record is okay when they're a 10-year veteran for everyone to highlight and talk about, about, oh, he's one of the winningest quarterbacks of all. Like, all of a sudden, after you've been in the league for 10 years, winning matters. Yeah, I, I think that, like, he's going to get better and better. He's young. He's Look, no one wants to go in and be a head coach and have your starting quarterback who's been playing at a near MVP level come out. Then the quarterback who's this veteran. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater just looks awful, guys. I, I, I like, I don't, like, people are telling me I'm nuts. I don't know what I'm looking at because they say he's, he's been a young. disappointment. Talk about stats, a disappointment. stats, 
doesn't couldn't give us one win football. It does not. Yeah, exactly. You pay a guy from Teddy Bridgewater not to throw for 339 yards to you get you a win. Not, you pay him not to throw those horrible interceptions. You play him to get you one of those wins in those two situations. If Teddy Bridgewater does his job, we're four and two right now. Oh, we and, and, and we're and we're sitting pretty hitting it heading into our next five games. Well, and, and the good news is like you know it doesn't matter, right? But I truly believe that worst case scenario with Tua Tungalo, we're five and one at worst case, and that's what makes me feel excited about this stretch. I agree. I mean, we're going to be favored in the next five or six games, um, and we're going to get healthier. It looks like we're slowly but surely getting there. Um, you know, I, I just think our special teams unit's such a disappointment. Like, and it's how, sad because how, how how mad and disappointed were you? Like, I, I felt really bad for Skyler. Our offensive line shooting, like the the you know Connor. You people want to blame McDaniel for Connor Williams being seven yards downfield ineligible. People want to blame him for you know def- offensive pass interferences on Ingold and a holding on Trent Sherfield. Like, come on, these guys are out here committing it. Like, I felt so bad, and you know we talked about Jace Edmonds and how horrible he's been, and he's dropped a couple for Skyler too. I mean, I just felt so bad that Skyler kept making these big plays and. The guys around him just kept letting him down, dude. And when you have a rookie, young rookie quarterback like that, you need to help him as much as you – you need to help him out as much as you right. can. Well, and well, One of my biggest conundrums that I have is with Cedric Wilson because I've seen the guy play and he's a good number three receiver. Like, I don't understand how he's not seeing the field more and getting the opportunity. Yeah, because even Teddy and Skyler, you know, don't even target him. No one targets him. You know what I mean? Like – like I, 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 he's. You, we talk about disappointment. Like you think about some of these offensive signings they had. Him and Chase Edmonds have been really, really rough. Um, so I, 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 like Cedric Wilson. Like could again, you know, I don't want to write him off, but like you need to show us something, man. Like we paid you seven. We're paying him seven million dollars this year. Like we need to see something. But again, I think we talked about this on every show we've had. He probably wasn't part of their plan once they had Tyree Kill. I mean, they just had the opportunity to add. Yeah, he was going to be Waddle's second fiddle. Right. And, I mean, look, dude, with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, you can beat anyone. You really can. I mean, like, it says something about how they played with Skylar Thompson, a pure rookie. Like, Tyree Kill is just such a good freaking football player. But, yeah, man, I'm encouraged actually being 3-3. Three and three. I think that it sucks that we lost that taste of winning, but I think that's going to start coming right back on track. All right, let's talk about this quick. Mike Gesicki, uh, Jeremy Fowler reported it. PFF reported it back in August that the Dolphins have been listening in on Gesicki trades. Um, what, what What's your overall thoughts on that? Um, now, I think they would be probably getting like – if I think if you're going to try and get a third or better, a team to target would be like Green Bay, who are in on Chase Claypool. Right. I think that. But, you know, I don't think a team like Carolina who's doing a fire sale is necessarily going to take on Mike Gesicki. I think they want draft picks. So, you know, that's why you trade Gasicki for draft picks and then you recoup what you're sending to a team like Carolina if you're going. Because there's a couple of names. You know, everyone knows I want Taylor Moten. You know, I like Bradley Bozeman. But also I've heard Shaq Thompson is on on the block. Um, I don't – it's going to take a lot to get a Brian Burns or a J.C. Horn. And J.C. Horn, I would be all over all day. Um, but, I, I, you know, I've heard they want to keep some of their core players. You know, and I think – like million dollar man Ted DiBiase said, everyone's got a price. So I'm not saying everyone's off the table, but I know there's some core guys there like Ika McQuanu, JC Horn, Brian Burns, that you know they they want to keep around. 
Um, what what are your thoughts on a potential Gesicki trade? And man, a reason why I'm hoping that, you know we we do good these next two weeks too, Neil, is because when we we're three and zero, I heard we were prepping up to be active at the deadline. I think our best case scenario is if we're five and three heading into the deadline, you know, and maybe Buffalo loses along the way somewhere, and all of a sudden we're back in the thick of the the division race. Um, you know, that might make us a major player at the deadline. What are your overall thoughts on Gesicki right now um, in, in terms of, you know, Durham Smythe is hurt. Hunter Long has, you know, he po- he pulled once last week and, and took little off his block and, and allowed Zadarius Smith and, to come And he, and he can't block right now. He's struggling. Yeah. You time. know, Tanner Connor, is a, it doesn't look ready at all. No. I mean, are we even in a position to trade Mike Gesicki right now? Well, it's a really – Interesting question. And the way I'll start by answering this, I only view three players, maybe four on this entire team that I would say are untouchable. And that's Tyreek, Waddle, Tua, and maybe Javon Holland for me. And I love, I know people are going to be like, Taron Armstead, Xavier Howard. You know, again, in these scenarios that I'm talking, like, what is the return, right? Like, so Mike Kosicki is an interesting name because whether we like it or not, he's the third best receiving option on this team. Cedric Wilson has not. We just talked about it. He has not shown up. Um, Durham Smythe is a, a great guy at just doing his job. Hunter Long has been a huge disappointment. I'm, I'm actually really shocked because I am starting to think that like he would be nothing more than a rosterable depth player. Um, so you have young Gesicki. Now, I think there's definitely interest in trading um, because he doesn't fit the scheme. I don't think they want to pay him for next year. It's all about what you could get. In return, and there's two players that Mike Gesicki won't fetch you alone. First being Bears linebacker Roquan Smith. Um, the Bears season is, you know, off the tracks, and you know they lose Monday night to the Patriots. And I think they're definitely. I mean, I've heard rumblings that they're not even sold on Justin Fields. So I don't know what they're doing, but Gesicki would make a lot of sense to give your young quarterback a good, reliable tight end, right? Um, if, if Kisicki is that, and you get Roquan Smith, and then you have yourself set up for linebacker for, you know, the next five to seven years between him and T- Tindall. So, you know, it would probably cost you Kisicki a second and, and maybe another draft pick, right? But it is what it is. And then you mentioned Taylor Motes, and I, I, I think that is the type of move where he is a player the Panthers want to trade. And I think that would be the best move Miami can make right now because you put him at right tackle, and – it doesn't really – if you get Austin Jackson back and put him at left guard and you go oh. that Austin Jackson, Connor Williams, Robert Hunt, and Taylor Moten. I like that. I like that. Right. I think Listen, that- can I be honest with you? If you're under that scenario, I think Austin Jackson is a poor man's version of Tunsil between Brandon Albert and Pouncey. Well, and I think the Panthers would be interested in Mike Gesicki for this reason, man. They're going to have the first pick in the draft. They're going to get a quarterback, whether it's C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Oh, trying Levis. to get the comp pick to add if they got a. If, well, like I, that. I think that, that I think that you get a quarterback and like. Oh, you know, he's a weapon to help him. Gisecki's a guy, a DJ Moore, a guy that you can sell. Yeah, you're replacing McCaffrey with him, basically. Right, and and I think that like I think you could get Gisecki promoted straight up potentially, maybe a fourth round pick or something included to get it done because I, I think Gisecki is a young player. So like I, I think if you have an opportunity to add a, a player of those caliber, yes. If we're just talking about trading them for a third-round pick at this point, I would say no because we'll get that third-round pick next year in a compensatory draft anyway, and he can do more good. I mean, look, the guy's got three touchdowns on the season. 
you know, we, we said it's an early, you know, he's on pace to put what close to 10 touchdowns up this year. So, I mean, as bad as he's played at times, if we can get the line healthy and Gesicki doesn't have to do as much dirty work inside and they can scheme him to be the number three receiver, he's got a lot of value here. So, like, it's one of those things that I want Mike Gesicki to be a part of the Miami Dolphins, but the reality is he probably doesn't fit our scheme. Yeah. And if you, you could go make this team better, like, you have to, because I think Taylor Mota will give Tua the time. I mean, when you talk about a blindside protector for Tua, I mean, I, I did this math the other day. I, I found Tristan Worth, Lane Johnson, but I couldn't name five right tackles that were better than Taylor Moten. And he yeah. yeah. He signed. You know, he, you know I, I think that he's a great addition to this team. And then and then your offensive line's kind of fixed for not just now, but for the long haul until, you know, until Taron Armstead gets hurt. But then, you know, I think, you know, maybe not this year, but the year after that, then you start looking at drafting Armstead's replacement. And you start him – maybe at left guard, kind of like we did with Tunsil until then. But so I, I think there's a lot of good value out there, but I wouldn't just throw him away. Um, I still think that like as, as much as he is limited as a blocker, like, I mean, he's a great red zone threat. Um, and I, I think that Tua and him are going to start connecting a little bit more when Tua gets back. And I think Gusecki could help us. So it'll be interesting, man. It's like, I'm, I'm in the middle, but I wouldn't be like too upset either way as long as they made a trade that got good value. And I don't see the Miami Dolphins aren't going to be sellers just to sell. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not gonna they're not gonna do something that's stupid. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. I mean, two years ago I was I was pretty hell bent that Mike Kosicki was gonna be a franchise type player here. Um, you know, he called that amazing touchdown against the Chiefs, and I was like, Holy crap, this guy is the dude. And maybe, and that was where these jerk uniforms were wearing Sunday night. So maybe he finds that mojo back. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm really excited to see if we're completely healthy this week for you know. And I mean, obviously, Austin Jackson's going to be out, so that's not completely healthy. But I mean, this is as healthy as all has been a long time. I mean, I think I think this we're going to cook. I really do. So it's the return of Flores in prime time. Um, <clears throat> How you feeling with this? With the with you know, I mean, the injury list. You know, crossing is doubtful. Um, I believe Justin Bethel and Noah Benogany are the only corners not on the injury report. But they also have some some injuries too, like Akila Witherspoon is is doubtful for them. Um, TJ and, Watts out. <laughs> yeah, um, but they create turnovers. Like I think Minka has three. Um, picks, um, you know, a Sutton has like two picks, I think. Levi Wallace has a pick. What, what were your overall thoughts on Kenny Pickett, Levi Wallace, and Pat Freermuth all getting concussions on and being able and being cleared this quickly? I think the NFL's a joke. I think it's an embarrassment. It doesn't shock me. They ready fire aim and everything that they do. And it, it does appear to me that for some reason – they're out to, to you know, put unfair punishment against the Dolphins. We we saw the tampering first round pick taken from us previously when the 49ers got busted. They had to give them a fifth round pick. Yeah. So you know we're making these amazing leaps and bounds against the Dolphins. But you know at the end of the day, like it is what it is, man. I'm not gonna sit there and worry about a league that's you know a cash cow, right? That's all they're trying to do is make money. I still love the game of football, not the business of football. So like it sucks. Trust me. Every time I watch. 
a flag thrown because a safety hit somebody. And I and I'm all about keeping people healthy, but there's also you know a commitment that you make and you're compensated well to do that. And you know it's a tough game, and you know we've seen it affect a lot of people. But yeah, I, I can't wait for Brian Flores to be on that sideline in Miami because I think what you're going to feel and, and what you're over under on handshakes with him and former players. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Because I, I saw it, Baker was gobbling up to him. That crowd is going to be fucking electric, man. Oh, and gonna it's going to be the throwback jerseys. It's beautiful. I think they're the best jerseys in sports. Oh, for sure. Um, I, I cannot wait for this game. Oh, Sunday Night Football game. I was just spoiled growing up. The Dolphins have only won Sunday Night Football all the time. This is only our fourth, what, since 2006. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's going to be such a big game, man. And and we haven't won since... Well, here, here's here's my breakdown of this game. Because I'm a huge Mika Fitzpatrick guy, man. When we drafted him, I thought we had to steal the draft. And it's ironic that Brian... Yeah, Lewis he's amazing. But if you remember this, I just want to... When we lost that first opening game of the season in 2019, Lamar's MVP year, we lost 59-10. to 10, And Hollywood Brown made Mika Fitzpatrick look like a joke. Speed, baby, speed. Speed hurts him. And the combination of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Is going to hurt them, and their corners can't compete. And you know they have Alonzo Highsmith, who is an underrated player. Um, I, I think he might lead, or Alex Highsmith from I think it was Charlotte or somewhere. I think it was Charlotte. He leads the league in sacks. Um, he's been playing awesome. They're going to have Cameron Hayward coming back. They have some good players on their defensive side of the ball. I mean, they have Miles Jack and Devin Bush at linebacker. Yeah, they got good players. But the thing is, that secondary cannot match up with what we no. have. And and that's where we can win. That was and my matchup to watch in my game preview on Finside the NFL. Yeah, I, I think we're. I think the Dolphins are going to make a, a statement, and I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be an electric. So what's your what's your prediction? Because I will say this. Guess what? Last week I predicted the score correctly on Finside the NFL. Oh, did For, you? I, yeah, I, I, I have, have Miami winning thirty-five to twenty. I got them winning um, twenty-seven to ten. Yeah, I think two is going to throw for three fifty and three. And I think X gets his first pick of the season. I think we get a defensive touchdown, and we, you know, because I think Kenny Pickett's going to be starting. Yeah, and he I, is. I, he I, is. He already announced it. Okay. Yep. And I, I think that's great for us. I know that we talked about how the Steelers don't give a lot of pressure. Well, I think that Josh Boyer's got the ability to impact this game drastically with a young rookie quarterback, with guys that can make plays in the secondary. You know, we just got to hit contain Najee early. Um, yeah. I think we'll do. A, I think we'll do a good job. Najee uh, hasn't rushed for over 100 yards in a game yet. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, look, I'm a, I'm a huge Najee fan. And everyone, I, I was listening to a, some Dolphins podcast, and they're like, "We could have had Najee, dude. Give me Jalen Phillips over Najee Harris ten out of ten times." I, you know, it's just even though, you know, Jalen Phillips hasn't had the sack numbers yet, he's getting there. And yeah. I, I just think you get good. Pass and I feel right. like it's going to come in bunches with Jalen when he does get there. But I also think we're going to be able to run the ball a little bit on him. So uh, I think. I think that. Mozart's going to have a nice game, but I, I just think the energy is going to be there. I think two is going to be. You know, they allow about 120 yards a game on average. I mean, look, it's going to be Sunday night football. It's going to be on the brightest Let's stage. Go, Mike McDaniel is going to be ready, man. Like Mike McDaniel, like do you like this thing. About and me. they're going to be celebrating the 72 team at the stadium. So it's going to be electric. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so fun. Dude, I can't freaking wait. Like I got to go through trunk or treating and stuff like that, you know, get through, you know, to that game. And I, and I love Sunday night football, but it's hard to sit there for seven, eight hours watching other games, knowing your team. Like I am, I am beyond excited for this game. I think it's going to be so fun, man. Tyreek Hill. I mean, I do, I really think that like, it's going to be the, like 
you turn on Monday. I think it's going to be one of the best prime time. I think the Bengals, Dolphins, if Tua would have stayed healthy, would have been it. But I think this will be it now. I think because prime time for the most part this season oh. has been down uh, has been a has been a letdown. I think we got a chance for this to be one of the best primetime games. Well, and, and the Amazon thing's a letdown, man, because I, I I don't know if you're like me, but like if the Capitals are on, for example, and it's a commercial, right? I just like to click previous, you know, watch the caps, you know, flip back and forth. With when I'm loading in Amazon, I have to get out and reload. I, I just I, I hate the whole production of it. I mean, the games they've selected have sucked. I mean, I I, I don't know how the Dolphins don't get more primetime games, man. But the well, you know it's crazy, bro. Times. I'm telling you right now. Right now, that Bills in Week 15 and the Jets in the last week, with how all the teams are playing, if two is healthy, those right now are flexible games, and why I think um, they could both be flexed in a set, you know, in the prime time. So yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I, I think they're going to get a flex this year, man. I really because do we don't even that. have a Monday night game, bro. Yeah, I think they'll get flexed, and I think we'll see a little bit more of them because I, I I still believe the Dolphins are going to be in the playoffs when all said and done. At the end of the season, so I, agree. I, I think they're going to head. Did you pick it today on your uh, on your show earlier? Did I pick what? You 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 made your picks and everything. You, you went through like because uh, you would you would you say your score was going to be twenty seven to ten Miami? So yeah, so we both like I, I mean, so we both have them. You know, winning. I don't see them scoring a lot highly. I don't see them. Listen, I, I I want you to realize what we're dealing with here. This is the 25th passing offense. Dude, did you know they only average about 204.8 yards per oh. game? I mean, they have rushing the ball. Years, but... They're 28th. They average only 86.7 yards per game. Scoring. Bro, this is the 30th scoring offense. They only score 16.2 points per game. I just, and I agree with you, you know, Pickens, Claypool, Freermith, Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, they got weapons out of the backfield and in the receiving corps. But they just don't have the quarterback play right now to support it from Trubisky or Pickett. I just don't see how they're going to – I just don't see how they're going to be able to defend. I don't see how they're going to be able to defend us, let alone how they're going to be able to keep up with us. I just – I see this could get ugly because they could get behind and that forces Pickett to throw a lot. And I could even see Pickett throwing a couple interceptions and then being pulled for Trubisky. I mean, dude, this team's gonna be so amped. Today. The quarterback's back. They're playing on Sunday night. Dude, and and, and two is not the only one in that building that wants to stick it to Flores. Let's all remember that. Oh, dude, I mean, that's where and Stephen Ross can go back. In yeah, now. he's oh, allowed yeah. at the game. I mean, dude, this is a and Mike McDaniel has a uh, chance to prove that the Dolphins made the right move to move on from Flores. I, I look this. I, I picked that score because in my life it's been very rare that the Dolphins go out and just skull drag somebody. Um, <laughs> But I could see this being a game, like seriously, that the Dolphins win like forty-two to thirteen. Like I, I, because I think if you, what and you, you said know what, Neil, we need that because that will rejuvenate not only this fan base but this team. That okay, two is back. We're back on track. And, and you know what I do? Reason I get, I start with the ball if I win the toss. Yeah, but we always defer. We win every week and defer. It's ridiculous. I, I want to start on this Sunday night game, though. I want Tua to get the hot hand. I want Waddle on the hill to start getting plays early. And I want to go get a touchdown on that first drive and just steal the soul of the Steelers. That's because I, I think that's how you win this game. And, you know, they're, look, the Steelers got some good players on defense and offense. You know, we they're not – like, I, I don't think when people thought the Steelers were going to be like a team draft in the top five, I don't think they're that bad just because I believe in Mike Tomlin. I think they have some good talent. I think Kenny Pickett's going to have his work cut out for him. I think the Steelers' line's going to struggle. 
And I think the unit, if I could stay away from any unit in the league, I wouldn't want to be on the Steelers secondary. I, I think that they they know that they're deficient there. I mean, what are they going to have? Cam Sutton manning up against Tyreek Hill? Is yeah. that like is that what they're going to be doing? Like I just and and Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace, I heard, is he out or is he playing? With, Levi's ba- playing, but Witherspoon is doubtful. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's just I mean. It's a very winnable game, and it's funny because they did go out and they beat Tom Brady in the Bucks. But let's all be honest: the Bucks haven't Tom, looked like the look, Bucks. Yeah, they look inept. They don't look like the Bucks. I mean, like, like they have Mike Evans, who's a, a beast. I, you and I agree, Chris Godwin, but he's recovering, coming back from injury. I mean, they lost their tight ends, like with Gronk, and I know Cameron Brate's not a bad player, but their whole offensive line got dismantled. You know what I mean? The whole interior's gone. Yeah. Alex Harper retired. Ryan Jensen's hurt. I mean, like, there's just a lot that hasn't worked out for them. Like, I, I just think that this is a game, man. Like, this is going to be so fun. This is a chance wait. for the Miami Dolphins to show you, like, yeah, with Tua, we're legit. Yeah, exactly. Like, you want to fuck, you want to write us off because we're three and three? Well, we're going to go on a run, and it's going to start tonight. And we're gonna, we're not just going to beat the Steelers. We're going to embarrass them. We're going to make one of the the NFL's best franchises look so minuscule when we put our team out there. And we just hit big play after big play yeah. because this is the kind of game, really, that our strengths are so much stronger than the Steelers' weaknesses. Like you, I mean, that's that's the thing that makes this game so exciting. Like, I, I you know, you can never mm-hmm. count any team out. I just don't see how the Steelers are going to like because like TJ Watt, right? Like he's a guy who can change a game. He's such a great player, right? I mean, their defense doesn't look like a Steelers defense because. They don't have TJ Watt coming on the other side. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and you can't just next man up a guy like TJ Watt. Like, it just doesn't happen. I mean, man, it's going to be fun. But I'm with you. I think X is going to get a pick. I, I think we could have two or three. I, I think this is a game where the defense looks a little bit more like it did last year. And the Steelers will make a couple plays. The defense has been good. The fact is our our offense just doesn't execute, and that's what's been the problem. But Well, I, I say it's funny. I think our offense without Tua – hurts our defense more than opposing offenses do like I, we put our defense in such a bad position and some of the play calls like i like look i I'm, i like the aggressive nature i did not like mike mcdaniel's fake punt call i thought it was atrocious at that point of the game um you know and look i i think that when you're in 50 yard field goal range that has to come out of the playbook the field goal is not an option you either go for it on fourth down or you have a good veteran punter who tries to t- put people deep because I don't know about you, man. I've I've lost all faith in Jason Sanders. I don't have any faith that he can make a big kick for us. Yeah, we already talked about that. Right? I just think I think there. him, Eichenberg, those two guys, like at some point here in the next few weeks, right? They're going to have to start bringing in competition for these guys. Unless no, they they're do. not, no, dude, they're not going to. The competition has to come from inside. They're not going to cut. Jason Sanders and stuff like that right now. So it's just it is what he has to roll with it, man. Because he's a he's the seventh highest paid kicker in football, man. He looks incompetent. They're not going to move off that until the off season. That, that's yeah. You think he's done though? You think this is it I, for him? I have no idea, dude. We're only seven weeks in. Talk to me at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, but there's NFL teams yeah. making changes at kickers when their dudes not winning games. Yeah, but he's not the reason why we're losing games at the same point, too, right? So he's not helping, but he's also not. Hopefully he's not even a factor in this week because I I don't think we need him. Obviously, we don't think he's going to be, so. But, you know, make make the damn extra points at least, right? Yeah, for (laughs) sure. 
All right, Neil, we're going to get out of here, guys. Um, we will see y'all back here next week when we dive back fin too deep. Until next time, everyone, stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. Enjoy the Dolphins in prime time. And as always, fins up all day, every day.